0: So welcome everyone. Today we're going to take a look at how you can utilize uh, cryogenes and gene analysis to interpret uh, genetic risk from uh, GWAS. Now before we get started, I just want to let you guys know that the product that I'll be showing today is intended for molecular biology applications only. This is not intended for the diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of the disease. And so just to kind of highlight some of the features that are available in today's webinar, Um, I'm gonna try to make this interactive. So at the bottom of your screen, you should see a um, Q and A box. So if you have any questions, please utilize that Q and A box located at the bottom of your screen to type in those questions. This is gonna help us keep track what questions are being asked and which ones are being uh, answered. And then just to make sure that I am showing you uh, the content that you guys are interested in, uh, there's also a a raise hands uh, button located at the bottom of your screen. So if you guys could just go ahead and click on it just to make sure that it's working for those that are attending today's uh, webinar, Uh, that would be great. And again, that raise hand button is going to be located at the bottom of the screen. And so I use this just to get some feedback in terms of what I'm presenting uh, in today's training. And then, lastly, if you do experience any uh, technical difficulties, please uh, utilize the chat uh, icon at the bottom of your screen to let us know, um, so we can better uh, assist you there. And so, do you know why the association studies provide insights into the genetic architecture of a disease by identifying susceptibility loci for the disease in a population? And so often, uh, research like you face some challenges when it comes to characterizing and validating their list of brisloci within a biological context to better understand the disease pathogenesis and to identify a novel drug targets. And so today we will see how you can use IPA to overcome some of those challenges. And so we'll start off with an introduction to engineering pathway analysis. I uh, will then break today's sessions into two different parts. And so in the first part, uh, we'll look at how you can utilize IPA to analyze your list of risk loci. So in this section, we'll go over the data format and how to um, upload uh, your list and set up a core analysis. We'll then look at some key uh, components of any core analysis to interpret your results, and then learn how you can analyze multiple uh, risk loci analysis when you are working with uh, different diseases, for example. And then in the second part, we'll look at how you can take advantage of IPA's powerful knowledge base. And so in this section, we will look at how you can construct a network using a list of uh, risk-locyte gene, so risk associated genes to identify our relationships. We'll then contextualize your network using public data. And so the slides are provided in the chat box. And so if you want to uh, follow along, we do also have some um, step-by-step instructions uh, located in the slide deck as well. And so you can easily access those with just clicking on the um, shortcuts uh, located here on the lower right-hand side. So in IPA, one of the uh, results of a core expression analysis is to define relevant pathways based on the molecules in your list of uh, rich And so here, Uh, Loci associated with ulcerative colitis patients um, are enriched in pathways uh, involved in immune response, which is known to contribute to the pathogenesis of this disease. Now, when you open up um, a pathway, uh, you can see how the molecules within your list, um, represented here by the gray uh, colored uh, molecules, are connected to other nodes that influence uh, downstream functions, such as... um, immune response. In addition to biological pathways, you can discover regulatory molecules that have the potential to influence the genes associated with your risk loci. So once you identify a uh, regulator of interest, like uh, SP1, which plays a role in the development and progression of colon cancer, uh, you can display it as a network and further study the interactions between uh, the regulator and its downstream targets uh, from your list. So these upstream regulators can serve as potential targets for therapeutics or can be candidates for additional mechanistic studies. In IPA, uh, we can also use a comparison analysis to compare enrichment across multiple uh, GWAS uh, risk loci analysis. And so by using a heat map, uh, you can easily see how uh, these uh, canonical pathways and uh, these uh, biological functions involved in immune response are more enriched in uh, the loci associated with ulcerative uh, colitis compared to uh, colon cancer. Now in addition, Uh, You can also identify common regulators uh, between uh, ulcerative colitis and uh, colon cancer, uh, like a tumor necrosis factor that can serve as potential targets for therapeutic studies. So this highlights how easy it is in IPA to compare different GWAS analysis and discover discover similar or opposite trends within your data, giving users like you a way to integrate across uh, different um, experiments. In addition to heat maps, uh, users like you can identify uh, commonalities and differences between a risk loss list or analysis by simply comparing them. And so with the uh, compare feature in IPA, users like you can quickly and easily generate um, a list and use uh, this list for uh, downstream applications such as a core analysis or uh, network construction. Now utilizing the curated interactions and associations within the knowledge base, you can construct a custom network and see how molecules uh, common between um, ulcerative colitis and uh, colon cancer interact with each other and how they associate with the um, activation of t lymphocytes and proliferation of cancer cells. Now in addition to creating a custom network, you can Um, overlay public expression data onto the network. And so not only can you see how the observed uh, expression changes, influence uh, the molecules within this network, uh, but you can also compare different groups uh, using these uh, note charts that you see uh, right here. So here you can see what the, here you can see that when um, ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer are treated, um, for example, we see that uh, PDGFE uh, and uh, TGF1 beta or V1, uh, which play a role in cell proliferation, are uh, downregulated uh, compared to the um, disease state. Now the opposite trend is observed for this um, TGFV1 um, inhibitor, SMAT7. And so you can also see in your network, how treatment leads to the uh, predicted um, inhibition of activation of T lymphocytes and uh, proliferation of uh, cancer uh, cells. So not only can you see um, the relationships between the molecules of interest, but you can also find additional therapeutic targets uh, that may be uh, beneficial for both ulcerative colitis and uh, colon cancer patients. And so these are some of the um, results that we'll be looking at today. Are these the types of results uh, that you are interested in? I'm just gonna go ahead and just launch a poll uh, to let us know um, if some of these illustrations um, correlate with uh, the um, illustrations you would like to generate uh, in IPA. So thank you for those um, that are taking part uh, in the poll. And so the functionalities within IPA are powered by the Kyogen Knowledge Base, which represents a mass pathology of over 12 million, curated literature findings that try to define molecular interactions and associations for literature. And so our team of MD and PhD level scientists go through literature and define what are the key molecular interactions Uh, Found within those publications. They pull out uh, appropriate contexts for these uh, relationships from the study to understand interactions between molecules and associations between uh, molecules in disease. And so the high quality, uh, manually created data allows for causality prediction in IPA. And so overall, the Chiogenology base represents a rich repository of molecular interactions of high quality that has been updated weekly for more than 20 years. And so let's uh, look at how you can utilize IPA to analyze your
1: list of risk loci.
0: And so IPA has basic requirements for uploading data. It only um, really requires a uh, list of identifiers, uh, which can be uh, identifiers for SNPs or genes, and it can be uh, in uh, text, Excel, uh, CSV, or diff formats. Now, when it comes to uh, working with uh, GWAS uh, data, Um, IPA can take in uh, multiple identifiers, and so uh, here, for example, you can see that we have our uh, dbSNP identifiers, and then we also have our gene uh, symbol identifiers, and so uh, this allows IPA to capture the largest number of molecules that are present within your list that you are uploading. And so the data that we will be looking that we will be working with today was obtained from this published study that conducted a genome-wide association study, meta-analysis of case and control cohorts of European and East Asian descent to identify risk associations. And so we will be working with um, a risk loci list identified in a cohort of ulcerative colitis patients. And so today we are going to upload this list of risk loci into IPA for an expression analysis. Now taking a look at that um, spreadsheet that we will be working with today. And so we take a look at this list in Excel. uh, You can see that uh, the list is formatted to fit IPA's uh, requirements. And so here uh, we have a, a column uh, with uh, db-SNP identifiers. Now, since we want to capture the largest number of molecules in this list, uh, we also included uh, the genes that uh, map to, uh, the genes the loci map to. And so here, we're actually gonna be uploading uh, two different types of identifiers to maximize um, our um, our, um, our findings. I'm just gonna go ahead and
1: close uh, this. And then go ahead and go into IPA.
0: Now, when you open up IPA, uh, you will see an interface that looks like this. And so the first thing that you are going to notice is going to be uh, this quick start uh, window. Uh, where you have workflow options for analyzing different types of data, uh, like RNA-Seq or proteomics, for example. Now, this window also gives you access to uh, what is uh, new in IPA, as well as um, helpful information, such as uh, use cases and webinars, and then um, accessing both um, our frequently asked questions and contacting our support. Here on the uh, left hand side, you're going to find the project manager window that uh, will contain all the data that you upload and any um, data that you uh, generate. Now the create new uh, button provides you with the options to start different functions in IPA like upload a data set or a starting core analysis. And then the search bar up here allows you to leverage IPA's powerful knowledge base uh, to search for things such as genes, in the Genes and Chemicals tab, different functions of interest, under in Disease and Functions tab, or take a look at our wide um, variety of different uh, public core analysis uh, by searching those um, in the search bar. And so we're going to go over um, two things how to upload a list of verse and how to set up and start the expression analysis on that list. And so the first thing we're gonna go ahead and do is we're gonna go ahead and create new. And so here under create new, we're gonna select the first option, which is gonna be the core analysis. And so this window provides you with two options. You can analyze a a GWAS date list that you've previously uh, uploaded, or you can analyze uh, a brand new list. And so in this case, um, you want to analyze a new uh, list. So we're gonna go ahead and uh, click Upload to select our new uh, GWAS list. And so here, I'm gonna go ahead and select that corresponding list and open that up. Now, taking a look at this window, we can kind of get an idea of what our spreadsheet uh, looks like. And so here you can see that we have two ID columns uh, in this file. And so the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to label our ID columns. And so we can easily label those columns by utilizing this uh, drop down uh, window. And so here are the first uh, column. We're going to use a drop-down window to select ID, and so IPA is going to automatically uh, detect um, the identifiers listed within this column. And so here you can see that it's recognized a SNP. but as you can see, it can recognize a wide variety of different identifiers um, that are also available. Now that we've identified our uh, first column, uh, you can see that we now need to identify uh, label the second column. And so here, uh, again, we're going to use that dropdown and select ID. Now, because um, IPA is, auto- um, is um, able to automatically detect identifiers um, that are on the first column, uh, if you have an identifier column uh, in either columns 2, 3, or beyond, not so going to do the automatic uh, detection. So this is where you have to use this little uh, drop down menu and select those um, identifiers that you are um, looking for. And so in this case, uh, we want to label this as the gene symbol. click OK and uh, you can see that uh, IP has uh, recognized that identifier. So, looking at this uh, data set summary tab, uh, you can see that out of the um, 135 rows that we uploaded in our list, 132 have been recognized and mapped to findings associated within the knowledge base, and two have been not. And so, those that are mapped uh, may be uncharacterized SNPs that exist but are not associated with findings in IPA's database yet. And so to view those ones that were not recognized, you can simply go to show details. And this is going to open up these two new tabs where you can see information on um, the identifiers that were recognized versus those uh, that were not uh, recognized. And so here, if we go back to our Dataset Summary tab, um, the main goal is to have most of your um, identifiers recognized,
1: which is the case that we see here. So
0: going back to the um, raw data um, tab, uh, we can see that we now have our two identifiers recognized. And so with this, we can go ahead and save this uh, data set by simply clicking on the Save um, icon. And so just to review, we uploaded um, this list by simply going to Create New, Core Analysis, and then selecting Upload. We then uh, labeled our identifier columns, which in this data set we have two. By simply using the drop down menu and selecting ID. Now, because we do have two identifiers, um, the second column is not automatically detected. So we use the drop down menu to manually select the identifier listed in that um, column. Once we did that, we took a look at uh, those that were mapped versus those that were not mapped. And then now we're gonna go ahead and um, save this uh, data set by clicking on the save icon. So one of the warnings um, that you're gonna get is that um, you don't have any metadata associated with your data set. And so if you want to include metadata, which is recommended but not required, you can always go into the uh, metadata tab and then here, you can go ahead and uh, manually uh, enter that information by simply selecting the field of interest and clicking on the edit field. So here you can um, enter that information um, if you like. Now, in our case, uh, we're not gonna go ahead and enter the metadata, so I'm gonna go ahead and click on save, and then click on okay, letting me know that we don't have any metadata associated with this data set. And so here uh, we can either Save this in a pre existing folder, or we can create a brand new folder by simply going to new and then typing in uh, the
1: name. So I can just put and create a uh, new folder. And so once you create or select your folder of interest, you can just simply click on save.
0: So the next window will ask you what type of analysis you are going to run. And so this is going to be an expression analysis. So we're going to go ahead and click on next. And so this is going to bring you to the color analysis setup window, which has various filters available to pre-filter a core analysis. And so here on the top, you can uh, filter uh, your data set, for example, uh, by focusing on those findings that are coming from particular species or per- particular tissues, uh, for example. Now because we want to maximize the findings that are available within the Kyogen Knowledge Base, we're going to go ahead and uh, leave the um, Filter settings as default. And so uh, we're just going to go ahead and run uh, the analysis. And so we do recommend that when you are running your first analysis, you leave everything as default as you want to maximize those findings. You can always come back and rerun a different analysis uh, with a particular filters of interest as you like. And so once you're done, you can simply start the analysis by clicking on the run analysis. And so, with this, I'm going to go ahead and just take a little break to answer any other questions that came up.
2: Thank you, Aras Ali. We have many questions coming in. And to our attendees, thank you so much for asking us questions. But we do request that you use the QA box as opposed to chat box because it's very hard for us to track the questions in chat. And sometimes they go unanswered. So, we want to make sure that we answer all of the questions. Um, as always, we will also take this opportunity to ask some uh, additional questions to our attendees. One is, of course, are we moving at a good pace? Do you want us to keep on moving at this good pace or uh, go faster or slower? And second, uh, as I mentioned before, it is very common for uh, users to tell us about like, hey, they want to take advantage of public data. So what is your opinion about that? Um, one question came up was like other types of data set RSLE. So one of the attendees mentioned that, uh, they are using, um, you know, gene lists that are near CPG island. So in those cases, like, would it still be possible to upload such data in IPA and then perhaps do pathway analysis, network analysis downstream of that?
0: Uh, yes. So, um, if you're working with the CPG data, um, you can, um, upload, um, your, the genes that are closely associated or with your um, islands, and then um, basically utilize the same format that we're gonna be doing today to analyze that data.
2: Okay, wonderful. And just an elaboration on that, quite honestly, it's not just like GVAS data or, you know, CPG data. In IPA, you can basically plug in lists from anywhere. right. So we have had users who are doing different types of assays and they generate list of genes. Some people just read up like a list of genes from different publication and they want to do pathway and network analysis. Honestly, as long as you have one of the IDs that Araceli mentioned, you can just bring that into IPA and do pathways and uh, network analysis. Another question related to that is, do you need p-value when you upload the data? What if they just have like some sort of ID list? Can you still upload and do analysis?
0: Uh, yes, so um, as you saw uh, today, we are only uploading a list of um, identifiers, but if you have a p-value associated with your list, you can also upload those as well. So when you upload p-values, I- PA is gonna use those as cutoffs. Um, so you would see uh, an additional filter section uh, down here, letting you know, um, that you can use the p-values to cut off for significance in terms of those identifiers. Um, So that's also an option that's
1: available.
0: I think you're on mute if you were speaking. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Thank you, Araceli. So uh, I, I was just saying that um, one more thing I want to mention is some people join maybe like 15 minutes into the presentation. So for your sake, I'm pasting two links. One is uh, slides. And then second is uh, information about IP certification that many people were asking for. So those are in the chat box. Maybe one more question, Arashali, before uh, we give you uh, the mic back. So, um, you know, you can cover more topics. So, it is very common for uh, different users to ask um, this, this question, like when it comes to variants. So, many times, you know, they're not working with um, expression data. Many times they are working with like variant data, variant data that might be derived from GVAS, Variant data they might be producing in form of VCF file. So, what are your suggestions to those users? Like, you know, would IP still be the first starting point that you would recommend? Or are there other software uh, that they can take advantage of in terms of uh, both uh, annotating variants and also um, investigating variants in general? Um, yeah. So, for
0: those of you, for those uh, users that are sharing with, off of the VCF file and they have a huge list of variants they want to identify which ones are the most relevant for their biology. Um, you can utilize um, uh, Kaigen's um, QCI Interpret Translational, which allows you to take that huge list of uh, variants and then narrow it down to a more precise, uh, smaller list of working variants uh, that are more biologically relevant to your phenotype of interest. So that's an option that's available and then once you have that list, you can always import that list into IPA to look at things within the biological context.
2: And then what about annotation, Araceli? Like uh, like we had people who voted that they're working with germline variant, um, somatic variants,
0: so, for those that are looking to, to get uh, more insights into um, annotating variants, we also have uh, different uh, softwares that are available depending on what um, type of um, pipeline you're working with. So, if you're working with a hereditary um, variants, uh, we do have um, HGMD, uh, the Human uh, Genome Mutation Database, uh, that allows you to um, identify and further annotate uh, your variants of interest. And then for those of you that are working with a somatic uh, pipeline, we have the human somatic mutation database that allows you to uh, further annotate uh, your somatic variants for significance.
2: Wonderful. And I'm pasting links to some of them in the chat box, especially for QCIT and HSMD. Uh HGMD and Cosmic, they're like gold standard. So if you guys need info, let us know. But I, I'm having a feeling that most of you guys would be familiar with this uh, thing. So with that, I'm going to uh, turn it over to, uh, to you, Araceli, as you probably have more thing that you need to go over. And also to our attendees, please continue asking us questions through Q&A box. Tim, myself, and others on the call will help out and we'll take even more questions live shortly.
0: Thank you, everyone, for the questions, um, and thank you, Atinda, for um, continuing to answer these questions via the uh, Q and A box. And so, here I'm just going to go ahead and cancel this as I uh, ran the analysis uh, to conserve time. And so, once your analysis is done, you can simply go to your My Project subfolders, um, select so your folder of interest, and then here under your folder of interest, you're going to see a Analysis folder. And so, you can simply um, open up that folder and then double click on your um, analysis. So I'm just gonna go ahead and maximize this so you guys can see it better. And so when you open an analysis, this is how it will look like, with results for pathways, um, upstream regulators, and disease and functions in different tabs. Now, one of the uh, results of a core expression analysis is to define relevant pathways based on the molecules in your uh, list. And so this figure may be familiar to most of you. This is something that is often published in papers. This is where you have um, different pathways uh, that allow you to study the molecular mechanisms behind um, your data sets. And so here you can see what pathways are enriched for this uh, GWAS list. And the more significant uh, the enrichment, uh, the higher the bar is going to be. So you can see that pathways involved in uh, immune response are enriched in this list of loci associated with uh, ulcerative colitis patients. Now, when you click on a pathway, let's say that uh, you are interested in uh, MSP-RON signaling in macrophage pathway, We can simply click on the bar in the chart. And so what this is going to do is it's going to open up a table down here where you'll be able to see all of the genes uh, from your list that belong to this pathway in this table. And so this uh, column right here uh, shows the direction of expression that is expected for these genes when this pathway is activated, according to the literature and IPAS knowledge base, and then it also shows you uh, what genes can serve as biomarkers, and that what are some um, drugs uh, that are associated with those genes as well. And so here we can view. Uh, This pathway in greater details by simply clicking on the Open Pathway tab. So, here, when we click on Open Pathway, uh, it's going to open up a new window. And so, I'm just going to go ahead and maximize this. But before I do that, uh, to get to this window, um, just make sure that you uh, select a bar of interest and then click on Open Pathway to view that pathway in uh, greater details. So I'm just going to go ahead and center uh, this pathway by
1: clicking on this little center icon.
0: And so when you open a pathway, you can see how molecules uh, within your list here are represented by the color purple highlight, and then uh, the gray coloring are connected to other nodes that influence downstream functions such as uh, immune response and uh, inflammation. And so here we're taking a look at the uh, different uh, connections that are present within uh, the pathway and taking a look at uh, the downstream functions that are associated with those connections, uh, you can uh, generate a testable hypothesis. And so you can export uh, this figure by simply clicking on the export icon up here. And so here uh, you can export in uh, different formats. Uh, You can select either Um, the whole image or a particular section of that image that you're interested in. And then you can select uh, the resolution that is best for you. Now, because uh, many of you mentioned that you are new to IPA, um, some of you may not know what these little symbols or uh, shapes represent. And so for that, um, you can go into the Help menu and then select a legend. So again, going under help and legend is going to open up a page uh, in your browser. And so here, this browser is going to uh, display what the different shapes uh, within the networks uh, represent, as well as the different abbreviations that you're going to see uh, within the uh, connecting relationship lines and the different types of relationships that exist between uh, the nodes uh, in the networks in IPA, and so this information can be easily obtained by simply going to the help and then clicking on uh, the legend.
1: Now, let's say that
0: you are interested in finding which virtual molecules have the potential to influence the molecules observed in your list, but you don't want to spend hours reading through the literature to find this type of information. And so this is where the upstream analysis can be very helpful. So I'm going to go ahead and close this. And we're going to go ahead and take a look at the upstream analysis tab within your core expression analysis. And so here, when we click on the upstream analysis tab, Uh, the default is going to be the option regulators. So in option regulators, IPA looks at any regulatory molecule uh, in the knowledge base and identifies uh, downstream targets observed in your list. And so here, this allows you to uh, find uh, key molecules that could influence the uh, molecules observed in your list. Now, this table lists information about um, individual uh, regulators, and these can be uh, things such as genes, microRNAs, proteins, drugs, uh, chemicals, and much more. Now, currently, you see that there's over 1,200 uh, regulators in this table, which may not be very helpful. And so for this reason, uh, this table features uh, different filters, uh, they can help you uh, narrow down uh, this list to a more uh, workable uh, amount. So if you are one of those users who is looking for a specific rotary molecule, you can always click on this filter icon and type in the name of that uh, molecule that you are interested in. Now this uh, column uh, right here tells you how many genes associated with your risk loci are targeted by a uh, upstream regulator. So if you are looking for a specific um, downstream target or targets, you can utilize this filter icon and type in those targets that you are interested in. Now, today we are going to use the descriptor of uh, molecule type to help define a regulatory profile of transcription regulators. And so here we can go ahead and um, click on the filter and type in and select from the list below to select the specific type of molecule that uh, you are interested in. So in this case, I'm gonna scroll all the way down to IC Transcription Regulator and then apply that filter. And so here you can see that we've narrowed down our list of over 100 to 153. Um, and so by utilizing the filter, you've narrowed down uh, your list to a more um, workable amount. So once you uh, define and identify a value of interest, like um, SP1, which plays a role in the development and progression of colon cancer. Uh, You can display it as a network by simply selecting
1: the row and display as network
0: to see how it connects to its uh, downstream targets from your data. And so here, uh, we can visualize our regulator of interest uh, as a network by simply highlighting that row and displaying it as a network to see how SP1 uh, connects and influences uh, the behavior of its downstream targets found within uh, your data sets. So just a show of hands, how many of you um, are interested in identifying um, the regulators that are influencing um, the behavior? of those molecules found within your data sets. If you are, go ahead and utilize that to raise hand um, just so that I can get your feedback. As I can see that uh, many of you are interested in identifying uh, regulators of interest. I'm going to go ahead
1: and just close this And so
0: now let's um, look at how you can utilize IPA to compare between uh, different uh, risk loci analysis. Now, in the literature, ulcerative colitis has been associated with subsequent development of colorectal cancer. Now, Because of this, you obtained a uh, risk uh, association loci from uh, this uh, published study. Uh, where they conducted a a GWAS meta-analysis of colorectal cancer cases and uh, European and East Asian descent controls. So what are the biological trends, uh, similarities, and differences between uh, these two um, disease populations? And So by using comparison analysis, uh, you can uh, visualize biological trends across multiple analysis. And so here uh, you can look at p-values uh, representing uh, enrichment uh, to identify which pathways are enriched, uh, have enriched molecules uh, based on your uh, GWAS list. And so going back to the software, um, so when we're working with uh, multiple groups, like different uh, diseases it's hard to compare things uh, one by one um, so for this reason IPA has a powerful feature called comparison analysis that allows you to compare multiple analysis all at once so i looking at each of these tabs individually we're going to go ahead and use uh, comparison analysis to compare our two um, diseases um, disease of interest I'm just going to go ahead and minimize this window and access uh, the comparison analysis feature by simply going to the create new and then utilizing the second option, which is uh, comparison analysis. And so here, um, our analysis that we're looking at has been preselected. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and select the analysis that I did ahead of time for colorectal cancer, uh, risk associated low size. And I'm going to go ahead and add that to the right panel. And once I have my comparisons of interest, I want to go ahead and view comparison. And so here you can see uh, comparisons in the form of a heat map. Uh, for pathways, um, upstream regulators, and disease and functions in different tabs. Now, if you want to compare enrichment of biological processes or look for uh, regulatory molecules, uh, you can take a look at these two tabs here. Uh, But for today, we're just gonna be focusing on the economical uh, pathways tab.
1: So I'm going to make this a little bit bigger so you
0: guys can see better. And so, this heat map um, allows you to visualize uh, what uh, canonical pathways are relevant uh, to these uh, multiple uh, risk loci analysis uh, simultaneously. And so by default, uh, the heat map displays the enrichment of molecules in the pathways in each analysis, which is based on a Fisher's exact p-value. So here you can adjust the coloring um, to either make it a little bit darker or a little bit lighter Uh, depending on your uh, preference. And so here we can see that uh, pathways uh, such as um, uh, TH1 pathway, um, let's see, TH1 and TH2 activation pathway, and uh, IL-23 signaling pathway, uh, which are involved in immune response, are highly enriched in our ulcerative Uh, colitis um, list uh, compared to uh, colorectal uh, cancer. Now, you can also um, sort the heat map um, by going to the sort method, and you can sort by um, hierarchical clustering, uh, for example, to identify patterns uh, that are similar across the uh, different uh, analysis. Or that are opposite to each other. And so in this case, uh, we can see that the uh, molecular mechanism, not cancer, we um, can see that the enrichment in uh, this particular uh, pathway is similar uh, in both, which may help better explain the association between ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer. And so this heat map provides an easy way of looking at and comparing the data to look for biological um, differences and similarities, allowing you to identify metabolic and signaling pathways that may be enriched across your data sets. And so for those of you that are working uh, with different um, groups, different diseases, do you see yourself uh, utilizing this uh, feature to identify what is similar? and what is different in terms of the biological context are found within your um, analysis of interest. Um, So go ahead and raise that hand so I can um, just see them I'm providing uh, those that are attending uh, some useful um, illustrations. So
1: I can see that some of you would find those uh, useful. Now let's...
0: um, use a simple tool within IPA to identify similarities and differences between a list or analysis. So let's say um, you are interested in identifying the similarities and differences between the loci associated with ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer. And so for that, you can use the compare feature within IPA. And so I'm just gonna go ahead and minimize this window. And again, we're going to go ahead and go into the Create New to access um, uh, the Compare feature. So Create New. And here we're going to take a look at Compare. So here with Compare, we want to identify um, what uh, loci-associated genes are common or uh, different, unique, across our two uh, lists of interest. So I'm gonna go ahead and um, select those data sets. So under that GUS folder that I created, I have my uh, list of risk loci for ulcerative colitis. So I'm gonna go ahead and add that list. And then I have uh, my risk loci uh, list for colorectal cancer. So I'm gonna go ahead and add that list. So, as you can see, once we start adding different lists, we are creating a Venn diagram. And so, here we can calculate uh, the intersections to identify what um, associated genes uh, for these ribosomal sites are common or unique across our two um, data sets. And so, we can do that by simply just clicking on Calculate Intersections. And so, here you can see that uh, this is going to um, highlight uh, the uh, similarities between our list, as well as the uh, differences um, or uniqueness uh, found within each list. So let's say that you want to know uh, what genes are common across um, these association lists. So we can click here. And we can see what they are in this table uh, down here. So here we can select this list by simply Control-All to highlight all of the uh, genes, and we can annotate uh, these genes by simply clicking on annotate. And so this is going to open up a table that is going to uh, give you uh, information uh, about uh, those um, unique those common genes across both of our list. And so again, uh, you can access um, that table by simply selecting your genes and then clicking on annotate to um, open up this table that you see uh, here. Uh, here you can um, you use these genes to create um, a list as well. And so you can simply do that by clicking on add to my list. And so here you can either create um, you can create a new list um, containing uh, your genes of interest uh, that can be used for various downstream applications. Now you can also add these genes uh, to a pathway uh, to construct your own uh, network. And so here we can add to my pathway and select a new pathway to add the list of genes onto a blank uh, canvas. And so I guess we're gonna go ahead and take our second uh, Q&A break, uh, just to make sure that um, all questions have been answered.
2: Uh, Thank you very much, Aris Ali. I'm also going to take this opportunity to ask you guys some um, more questions because we love collecting uh, feedback from you. And what's so special about today is like there are plenty of people who use IPA for uh, expression data, smaller number, but there's still a good chunk of people who use it for variant data, perhaps like yourself. So we would love to hear, you know, what you feel about uh, today's training. Um, in terms of questions, question to the presenter. And I'm, I'm, by the way, reading as it came, all right? Question to the presenter. Did I miss that? Or you use uh the same list of SNPs for the comparison analysis between ulcerative and colorectal cancers.
0: Um. So for the compare feature, I think that's what they're referring to. Um, yep. I'm using the I'm using just the data set, right? So this is um, the that these would basically that Excel spreadsheet uh, that we uploaded. Uh, for the comparison analysis, you're actually using that um, core expression analysis uh, that is generated using that list. Um, so in our case, um, we in our case uh, the list and the analysis contain the same information. But if you are working with data sets such as RNA seq or proteomics, um, your data set. Uh, and your analysis may contain uh, different types of um, information as the analysis typically filter for significance. Um, and so uh, that's just something to keep in mind. But for today, since uh, we, de- we really didn't filter for any significance, since we are just working with a list of identifiers, um, the data set and the analysis are the same. But in this case, I used uh, the data set uh, for the comparison feature.
2: All right, to the attendee, if uh, you were asking something else, or that doesn't answer your question, let us know, we are happy to elaborate. Um, second question is, why are some of the genes or SNPs not recognized in IPA, although the genes are available in PubMed?
0: So, um, when it comes to mapping the identifiers, um, what IPA does, is it tries to map uh, the identifier to a finding in IPA's knowledge base. And so uh, when a identifier is not recognized, it just means that we don't have a specific finding associated with that particular identifier. Uh, we do try to uh, collect as much information as possible, but there is a lot of information out there. Um, so you can always um, provide that information to our support team um, to let us know that you know, we're lacking information on this particular identifier that you're working with. Um, and which is, um, so that's a helpful way to sort of um, get that information so that AP is able to map those um, particular identifiers that we're not mapping.
2: Right, and um, that part is important. So this is where I'm going to point you guys to uh, slide number one. And as a matter of fact, in addition to doing that, I'll just paste the email address in the chat box as well. Do reach out to our support team, Provide them with those IDs. They'll provide you with a uh, specific justification at this point, like either for actually myself or Tim to, uh, It's hard for us to know like, you know, which IDs you're referring to and then like look into that. Plus uh, our support team uh, specializes in uh, stuff like that. So do provide them with those lists. Uh, not so much for SNPs, but I know for sure uh, for things like metabolites, microRNA uh lipids and whatnot in 2021 in 2022 we have had good number of interactions with various customers and based on their feedback tons and tons of new identifiers as well as findings were introduced in ips knowledge base so we are really receptive to uh what you want to be included in ipm and on that topic i mean looking at the poll results it seems that majority of you are very uh, happy with today's training Some of you, uh, what it like for, maybe not sure. And in your case, like do let us know, you know, what is it that you were hoping for that perhaps we can cover more in today's training or future trainings. And more likely than not, we do have uh, solutions, features, or other things that we can offer uh, to uh, help you achieve whatever you're looking for. With that, I'm going to turn it back to you, Arsali. And on the very last note, On the very last note, I'm going to paste the services link in the chat box as well for those of you who might be interested in uh, development of custom pipelines and whatnot in this area.
1: So,
0: and so let's go ahead and now look at how you can query IP's powerful language base. So in the literature, uh at have been shown to play a role in both ulcerative colitis and colon cancer. So using your list of genes common in both ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer patients, you want to know how those genes are associated with the activation of t lymphocytes. Can they serve as potential targets? What other functions are they associated with? So rather than spending hours researching the literature, you can easily generate networks in IPA within minutes. And so the numerous tools for network instruction in IPA utilize the information in the knowledge base to help define um, interactions and associations within your list and allow you to build a specific network to help answer your questions or generate a hypothesis. And so here we can see how the genes common between ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer are connected and associate with the activation of t lymphocytes and other functions such as proliferation of cancer cells. And so we're going to harness the power of IPA's knowledge base to build a network to see how um, these genes are connected to each other and to activation of kinethysites. So I'm just going to go ahead and just maximize this so you guys can see a little bit better. And so to see how um, these genes are connected to see how these common genes to ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer are connected, we're going to be using um, the tools within uh, the built menu. And so here under built, uh, we're gonna use this drop down menu to select the tool connect. So connect allows you to identify how different nodes within your network are connected. And so here we're going to go ahead and select those nodes that we are interested in. And then we're going to click on Apply to identify any connections that exist between them.
1: And so here uh, we can see that,
0: uh, for example, uh, this uh, gene um, has a feedback loop associated with it. Uh, this gene is connected to SMAD7, and then SMAD7 is connected to uh, SMAD3. And so by utilizing the built menu, drop down, and then connect, you're able to see um, how those uh, nodes within the network are connected. Now to see how they are connected to activation of T lymphocytes, we're gonna go ahead and add that to our network by utilizing uh, the search bar. So here under the uh, Diseases and Functions tab, we're going to go ahead and type in Activation of t lymphocytes, And as we do so, it's going to auto-populate. And so here, we can go ahead and select our function of interest. And this is going to um, open up our search window. And so when you search for a function or a disease, you are going to get a hierarchy of terms, and then the number of molecules associated with your particular function. And so here you can see that um, whether you are looking at activation of tenophecytes from a inflammatory response standpoint or from an immune cell trafficking standpoint, we have the same number of findings associated. And so with that, we're going to go ahead and just um, click on this um, last one, activation of tenophysites, and we're going to add it to that um, pathway that we have open by simply going to add to my pathway and then selecting that pathway that's open, which is labeled my new pathway to. So again, we're going to select our function of interest, add to my pathway, and then add it to that uh, pathway that is open. Now here, it's going to ask you what type of information do you want to add, do you want to add the node, do you want to add all the molecules, or do you want to add both? Now in our case, we are only interested in adding the node. So we're just going to go ahead and click OK. And so once we do that, uh, we can see that we now have our function um, in our pathway. So here I'm just going to make this a little bit smaller. So here are our genes and then our function of interest. Now to see how um, the nodes and the function are connected, we're going to go into our built menu. And using the dropdown, we're going to select the tool Path Explorer. So Path Explorer looks at identifying different paths in which your nodes of interest are connected. And so here, we are interested in seeing how these set of genes connect to activation of gene lymphocytes. And so we want to identify different paths um, that connect the genes to the function. And so to do that, we're going to utilize this um, box located here on the left-hand side. And so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to um, select all of our genes, and then we're going to add them to this set A box. Next, we're going to select our function, and we're going to add it to this set B box. And so here, the genes are set A, and then the function is set B. And so in terms of the um, direction, we are interested in going from set A to set B, and so we're going to specify that. And so here IP is going to look for different ways in which set A is connected to set B, So let's go ahead and apply that by clicking on the Apply.
1: And so here you can see that there are
0: three short paths in which the genes from our, the common genes are connected to our um, function. So we can go ahead and select them all and add to my pathway. And so here you can see how these uh, three different nodes connect to um, activation of T lymphocytes. Now, IPA also looks for different ways in which um, your nodes of interest are connected to each other through intermediates. And so for that, we can use this drop down menu and select the shortest paths plus one. And so here you can see that there are over uh, 383 uh, different ways in which our genes of
1: interest connect to
0: activation of genufasides through a intermediate. And so you can browse through the different um, connections uh, that are available. And so here, I'm just gonna go ahead and just select a couple, uh, just to add more information into our network. And so once you select those connections that you wanna add, you can simply add to my pathway. And so if I lower this down, You can see that we now have um, additional connections in which um, our nodes through intermediate connect to um, activation of team sites. Now you can see that not all genes are connected. So we only want to keep those genes that that have a common, that have a connection to another node in this network. And so for that, we can go again within our built menu use the dropdown and select the uh, tool, keep. So here we can use uh, the tool to specify which connections within our network we want to keep. And so here, we're gonna go ahead and um, select our network. And in this case, we want to um, go into the node connectivity section. And so here we want to keep um, those genes that have a connection to another node. And so for that, we're going to utilize uh, this panel here to uh, specify that requirement. And so we're going to uh, nodes
1: connected to greater than zero. And then we're going to go ahead
0: and apply that requirement. And so here, when we do that, you can see that um, those nodes that were not connected have now been uh, removed by simply um, selecting our network, um, typing in or specifying the requirement, um, and then applying the requirement. Now here. Now that we have a more simplified network, um, we can ask the question, what other functions are the genes in this network associated with? And so for that, uh, we can again go within uh, the Build menu. And then using the Dropbox, we can select the first tool, which is called Grow. So Grow allows you to further expand or grow your network. By either identifying um, downstream and upstream molecules and chronical pathways or diseases and functions. Now, here we want to know what other functions uh, the genes within this network are associated with. So, we're going to go into the diseases and functions tab. And so, here, IP is going to populate the different diseases and functions that the individual nodes within this network are
1: associated with.
0: And so here you can see that there are over 456 different functions um, in which one of these is associated with. And so this table not only um, lists the uh, function and the p-value, but also lists uh, the number of molecules within your network that are associated with that particular uh, function. And so this table is interactive, so if you want to sort, for example, by molecules, uh, you can do that. If you want to sort p-value, P that's um, also an option uh, that is available. And so here, browsing through the uh, different functions, uh, you can identify those that uh, may be uh, relevant uh, for your particular Um, study. And so here, uh, for example, if we go um, just through here, we can see that uh, different uh, functions associated with um, cancer, for example, um, are observed. And so I'm just going to go ahead and just select um, just uh, some of these, just to give you an idea of what are other uh, functions uh, that are available. Now, if you don't identify a function of interest, you can always search for it. So I, you can do that by uh, utilizing uh, the search bar. So here, let's say that we're interested in seeing and looking at proliferation. So we can type that in
1: With the wildcard, card, letting IP know
0: that you're interested in anything that has proliferation before by that filter. So here you can see the different um, functions uh, that your genes are interested, are involved in. So here we have proliferation of cancer cells. I'm gonna go ahead and select this function and then apply. And so now we have our function um, that we identified. So this network can be uh, modified, so if you want to uh, change the layout of the network, uh, you can utilize this uh, layout option. So here, for example, if we go into an organic layout, we can um, reorganize uh, this uh, network as we uh, please. Now, additional information can be uh, overlaid onto uh, this network. Uh, and so for that we can use the um, overlay uh, tool so here under overlay uh, you can annotate what are some uh, what um, some of these uh, what biomarkers are present in your uh, network so here if we go under biomarkers um, ipa is going to list the different unknown biomarkers that are found within your network so again uh, we can see for example uh, there is a um, there are some of the known biomarkers for um, colorectal uh, cancer that are uh, diagnostic um, so you can identify and annotate those particular um, nodes present within your network. You can also identify uh, different drugs that are associated with the um, molecules within your network by again going to the overlay and then, clicking on Drugs. And so here, uh, you can um, identify the different drugs that are associated with your network. So for example, um, this drug right here, uh, at, the, at the circuit, um, you can see how it's associated with a known um, diagnostic um, marker for um, colon colorectal cancer. And so, by utilizing uh, the annotation features, you can um, identify uh, some key information that is associated with your network. So, just a show of hands, how many of you um, would find such features uh, useful to better characterize uh, the genes that you're working with or that particular network of interest? Uh, So, you can see that uh, many of you would find this uh, feature useful. And so, just to review how we uh, got here, uh, we obtained our uh, genes of interest by simply utilizing those that are common across ulcerative and colorectal cancer populations by selecting them and then adding them to a pathway. We then use the built tools to connect our molecules together. We use the Path Explorer tool to find different paths in which our molecules are connected to our uh, function of interest, which we added to our network by simply going to the disease and functions tab and searching for that particular function of interest. Once we uh, found the path that connect our genes to our uh, function of interest, we grew our network to see what other functions our network is associated with by going into the grow And then focusing on the disease and functions tab. Uh, Here we can filter for particular functions of interest and add those to our network. Uh, We can rearrange the way the network looks by clicking on the change layout. And then we can annotate uh, useful information onto our network by using the overlay menu and selecting tools such as the uh, biomarkers. Um, that will annotate known biomarkers present in your network, and then the drug tool to annotate uh, known drugs that are associated with uh, those markers present in your uh, network. And so now that you have this network, you want to look at disease state and treated expression data for ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer in the context of this network. But you don't want to spend the time or resources it takes to generate the data. And so over the years, our team has processed more than 141,000 comparisons coming from public studies and has made analyzing public data quick and easy. And so in IPA, you can easily search for a disease interest um, by using keywords, uh, browse through relevant public expression analysis uh, using its associated metadata and then overlay that data onto um, the network. And so to add expression data to this network, we are going to use the tools within the Overlay menu. And here, uh, using the dropdown, we're going to use the first tool, which is Analysis, Datasets, and List. And so the Analysis, Datasets, and List allows you to overlay expression information onto this network by simply clicking on the Add button. And so here, when you click on the Add, you can add um, data that you've generated in your My Project subfolders, or you can search for public data by utilizing the search bar. And so here, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and search for public expression data. And so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to type in ulcerative colitis
1: and search for public studies that are relevant to ulcerative colitis.
0: So right now it's scanning through more than 141,000 comparisons. And so here you can see that there are over 687 and eighty-seven analyses that are relevant to ulcerative colitis. So I'm just gonna go ahead and click to focus on the analysis themselves. And so you can see that the analysis come from different uh, public projects. So here you can have we have um, ulcerative colitis um, analysis coming from mouse models, from single cell, and from human. So I'm going to go ahead and select to focus on those public analysis coming from human disease, which is um, which contains non-oncology
1: public studies.
0: And then if we take a look at this table right here, this table provides you information on what those uh, different analyses are. And then you can browse the metadata here on the right-hand side to get information on what the details for that particular analysis is. So here, for example, uh, we're comparing disease one versus disease two, ulcerative colitis, and um, IBD. you can get information on what that particular analysis did by taking a look at the metadata that our team of MD and PhD scientists collect. So, in this case, uh, rather than looking at all the comparisons, we want to focus on those that are looking at the disease state versus normal. So, if we scroll down towards the right under um, disease comparison category, we can filter for our comparisons of interest. So we're going to use a little filter icon and focus on those that are looking at disease versus normal, and apply that filter. And so now you can see that we are focusing only on um, comparisons in which um, the disease case was compared to a normal control. And so taking a look at the different um, studies that are available, uh, you can see uh, what these are by taking a look at uh, the metadata. So here, for example, we are comparing disease versus normal uh, coming from human. Uh, You can see what tissue it was coming from. And if you want to identify more information about this particular study, you can always uh, click on the PubMed or the geo accession web links to get more information on that. And so we're going to go ahead and add this to overlay by simply clicking on the add to overlay. And so now we have our uh, ulcerative, ulcerative colitis disease state expression data. Next, we're going to go ahead and search for our colorectal cancer um, expression data. So using the search bar, we're going to type in colorectal
1: cancer and then um, search for that. Again, we're going to focus on the analysis,
0: and then we're going to focus on those that are coming from, Uncle Human, which contains uh, human oncology studies. And so, similar uh, with. Um, Ulcerative colitis, uh, you can browse through the relevant metadata. Uh, So you select a study of interest. You can take a look at what uh, the comparison is looking at. So here we're looking at primary tumor versus adjacent normal tissue uh, for colorectal cancer. So I'm just going to go ahead and add this to our overlay by clicking on Add to Overlay. And so now we have our Uh, two disease state data sets, one looking at ulcerative colitis and one looking at colorectal cancer. So now that we have our uh, disease state, uh, we can also take a look at um, expression analysis in which a treatment uh, was introduced. And so, again, we can use the search bar. So here we're going to go ahead and uh, search for the uh, drug that we identified um, and annotated in our network.
1: and search for that.
0: So we have a filter that's still present. So let's go ahead and remove that filter since we probably won't have a disease versus normal comparison when the treatment is involved.
1: So here you can see that we have um, 85 analyses that are relevant to our drug of interest.
0: And so again, browsing through the metadata, uh, for example, we can see that um, this one is uh, looking at um, colorectal cancer our treatment versus um, a control. So let's go ahead and add this um, comparison, looking at treatment versus control, by going to that add to overlay. And so now we have our colorectal uh, treatment uh, versus control data set. And then lastly, uh, we're interested in looking at a um, treatment versus control for um, ulcerative colitis. And so one of the common treatments uh, utilized is endoluzumab or uh, ulcerative colitis.
1: So we can go ahead and search for that.
0: And so browsing through the metadata, um, you can identify a study of interest. So here, for example, Looking at this uh, first one, uh, we can see that this is a a treatment versus control for Vendaluzumab, so we're gonna go ahead and add that to our overlay. Now we're going to be overlaying expression data for our disease state, and then for a uh, treated state. So with this, we're gonna overlay now, and we're gonna overlay
1: that expression information um, coming from those particular comparisons onto our network. So here,
0: if we ignore the significance uh, cutoff that was applied to these analysis, uh, we can see how our network looks with our disease state or ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer. And then we can see how the uh, network looks when a treatment for um, colorectal cancer or ulcerative colitis um, is added So you can see that uh, when ulcerative colitis and colorectal cancer are treated, uh, for example, uh, we can see that um, uh, uh, PDGFB is upregulated in a disease state, and then it's downregulated when the treatment is introduced. And so um, you can also see the same uh, trend uh, for um, IL-6. Uh, which is involved in um, ref- inflammatory response. And so you can look at your network and uh, identify not only particular targets of interest, but you can see how um, the expression information influences uh, your network as a whole. And so again, um, not only can you build a network, but you can also overlay expression uh, data by simply going into the uh, overlay menu and then uh, going into analysis data sets list. And adding uh, more um, information. And so um, today we took a look at how you can um, generate a core expression analysis for your risk low side list. We went over the data format, upload and analysis setup, and then took a look at uh, some of the um, key enriched pathways and some um, upstream regulators. Uh, we also took a look at the comparison analysis feature that allows you to compare multiple risk RISLOSA-associated um, analysis side-by-side, um, side, and then how you can use the compare feature to find uh, what are some of the unique or common molecules between your uh, list. And then lastly, lastly, we focused on how you can leverage um, IPA's powerful knowledge base uh, to connect and create a network uh, to... Um, Functions of interest and how you can overlay uh, public expression data without the need of generating your own. And so, with this, uh, thank you for your time. Um, and I'd be happy to take any questions that remain.
2: Thank you, Araceli. One other que- Oh, before we go into the questions, real quick, I am pasting the SurveyMonkey link Arisali has has on the screen in the chat box. So we would love your feedback in terms of things that you might have liked about the training, things that you might think we should do differently or include in future trainings, everything along that line. So that link is in the chat box. In terms of questions, one very nice question came in. What you covered does kind of answer that question, but it might be worth elaborating. If I have a specific SNP that I want to learn more about from network and literature finding standpoint, And this is where the attendee is going into more detail, but I think the point is like, do you have to go through things like upstream analysis, canonical pathways and core analysis, or if that person just had like SNP, then there is other way they could just search about that specific SNP.
0: Yeah, so if there's a SNP of interest, you can always just search for it um, here under the genes and chemicals tab. Um, and get more information that our knowledge base has associated with that particular step.
2: Yeah, And this is where I just want to remind everyone that IPS database is great, not just for expression, but other type of uh, stuff as well, right? You know, mutations, SNPs, and uh, whatnot. There are all types of findings in IPS database. But do keep in mind, you know, if you want to dive deeper into annotation and investigation of variants, uh, we do have things like HGMD professional for germline variants. Um, cosmic hsmd for somatic variants and whatnot right so again start with ipa uh, see what you can find reach out to us if you want to make sure that you are you know getting the most out of ipa and then if you want to go beyond it then uh let us know as well um another question is like what if someone wants to do gvas type of analysis do we offer any solutions for that
0: Um, So for GWAS, we do offer um, softwares that allow you to um, wrap uh, tools around them. So we do have um, the CLC Genomic Workbench and the Omics Software studio are two different uh, analytical secondary secondary tools um, that allow you to analyze your GWAS uh, data. And then you can take that in uh, results and upload them into IPA. All right, and
2: I'm sorry for jumping from um topic to topic but i am going to go back to the question that was um excuse me i'm going to go back to the same attendee who asked the question about um snip so the attendee elaborated that i guess i meant how to make it variant specific what would the variant specific analysis do differently than a regular core analysis
0: um, so I think if I am correct, um, so I guess you are referring to, um, so IPA is able to do a variant analysis um, in so, uh, with your data. And so with the variant analysis, uh, what it does is it takes a look at how the variants affect uh, the gene function. Um, so for variant analysis, uh, so for those of you that uh, may be interested, uh, we do have an example analysis folder, uh, which contains different types of analysis uh, that may be of interest. And so here, for example, the little yellow V represents uh, a variant analysis uh, analysis for, for variant data. And so what it takes a look at is it takes a look at how uh, those particular variants um, either cause gain or loss of function to uh, mm-hmm. genes of interest. Um, and so difference between um, the 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 SNP data that we looked at today is that because um, our data set doesn't contain information in terms of how um, it is either causing a gain or loss of function of the gene, uh, it takes information from the literature and associates that information with the gene um, to take a look at its its downstream functions and influences, Uh, whereas when you include variant uh, SNP data with gain and loss of functions, you're telling IPA what is happening. because of that SNP. And so IPA will take that information as well as literature information to combine those two to uh, take a look at how different pathways option regulators are being influenced.
2: All right. And at least from my perspective, you know, contrary to RSL is wonderful and clear explanation if I were like a new user to things like IPA or even experienced users to IPA, it, it just has like so many different tools, features, and each one operates by its own algorithm and whatnot. It has its own uh, nuances. So what I do request to this specific attendee and all attendees in general, keep in mind, you know, you do have a uh, technical support email as one of the res- resource. And then scientists like Araceli, myself, Tim, we are field scientists, so we are your resource as well. And if you want to, like, say, set up a one-on-one or small group meeting, then reach out to your uh, sales rep. If you don't know who that is, we can help with that. And they can also help you set up meetings that are specific to your groups and whatnot. My apology, Ashley, was there something you were trying to show real quick or something like that? No. no. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, the, the the point I was trying to get at is sometimes, you know, in a meeting like this, it's hard to uh, get to the bottom of stuff, right? Like where it really helps us if we understand your objectives better, what you are trying to do better, and then like, you know, focus on questions and get to a specific tool or specific solution that can address those questions. So again, I hope we answer that question. If not, keep in mind, you can reach out to us and we can go into uh, more stuff. So Araceli, looking at time and even q and box, there are no more questions. As we have mentioned repeatedly, keep in mind this doesn't have to be our last interaction. We can uh, communicate after uh, this meeting as well. Uh, one last reminder, there's a SurveyMonkey link in the chat box. Uh, your feedback will be very valued and um, appreciated. And with that, thank you everyone for attending this training. Thank you, Araceli, for giving this wonderful training on IPA for GWAS. This is definitely not something we do often. Uh, Tim, for answering all of the questions. You have also listed some nice publications, Tim, for one of the answers. So thank you very much for that. Brittany, Paul for licensing related help and Sheila uh, for MIT related help in general. So with that, I'm going to stop the recording, but as always, we'll wait around 30 more seconds to see if anyone has any more questions, thoughts, et cetera.